While the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, as it's referred to in Matthew, it, it might seem like kind of a foreign concept to us, it would have been, it would have made perfect sense to the people of Jesus' day. See, the, the nation of Israel was looking to this day where there would be a Messiah who would come and restore the kingdom. You might not know much about the nation of Israel, but the, the nation of Israel, they were God's chosen people. They had a special relationship with God. Yet, even though they had a special relationship with God, uh, their nation had been overthrown and destroyed, and the people were all scattered. This is what's called the exile. Read about it in the Old Testament. A lot of the prophets prophesied during this time in different books, you know, like Jeremiah and, and, and uh, Isaiah and, and uh, Haggai and Zechariah. All these books were written during this time. They, they prophesied of this time where a Messiah would come. It's called the exile, where, where they were taken from their nation in Babylon. They were captives. They'd been cast out of their land. And when they finally had this opportunity to come back, they were still under the rule of other nations. Even though they had made attempts to rebuild their city, even though they'd made attempts to rebuild the temple, which was significant and sacred and a pillar of their theology, they never returned to the glory of David's kingdom. They never returned to the glory of Solomon's kingdom. So they always had in their mind this vision of the kingdom being restored. The Messiah was the one who was prophesied about, who was going to set things straight. He was going to make wrong things right. And when he did this, this would mark what they called the kingdom of God. So you got to imagine, like when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, the kingdom of heaven is here. You have to imagine the thrill that was in their hearts this moment. They had looked forward to this day. Everybody knew what he was talking about. This was the moment they'd been waiting for. And this is, this is what makes the verse we're going to look at today kind of intriguing. Because in the same passage where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is here. Heaven is at hand. And he goes into detail talking about the characteristics of the kingdom, saying this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he, he talks about how the kingdom of God behaves, how people in the kingdom of God behave. He gives an instruction for how we should pray. And even though you've probably heard it before, I want to read it to you. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to look at verses 9 and 10. If you want to read with me, you can follow along. We'll put the words on the screen. But in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, he says, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the reason this is kind of strange is because up until this moment, Jesus has been proclaiming that the kingdom is here. Heaven is here. Heaven is at hand. And now he's telling his disciples, hey, when you pray, I want you to pray this way. Pray that God's kingdom will come. Hold up a minute. What, what are you saying, Jesus? Like, like is, is the kingdom here or not? Like, is it coming? Is it something that we're, that we're looking to? Or is it already, I'm confused by, by what you're saying. And in order to explain this, I just have to ask, like, is there, is there any punctual people here? Punctual people, just show me where you're at. Raise your hand. 
Now, remember, I did watch you coming to church this morning, okay? So just don't, don't lie. But, but um, I, I want to know, punctual people, let me see where you're at. Not a lot of you. And some of you online, like some of you online, you are late for church online. How are you even late for church online? I don't understand. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I'm just saying, just asking the question, I don't understand. But one more time, punctual people, let me see where you're at. Notice they're on the front row, punctual people. Yeah, they got here early. Punctual people, you're not going to understand this, okay? I need to talk to everybody who didn't raise their hand. Because, you see, like, just as we're trying to understand the kingdom, I want to help you understand something about time and communication. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but... Um, punctual people, you may have been on the receiving end of this. Like, like maybe you've got a text message one time that said, be there in five. Be there in five. Have you ever seen that text message, be there in five? When you get that text message that says, be there in five, they don't mean, I'm going to be there in five. I, I need to translate this. When you get this text message, what it really means is, I'll be there in five if I'm able to drive 80 miles an hour and there are no red lights and no stop signs once I get in my car. There's another one. Maybe you've gotten this text before. It says, almost there. Anybody ever got this text message that says, almost there? Yeah, when you get this text message, almost there, it doesn't mean that they are almost there. Now, let me translate this for you. When you get this text message, what it means is I'm all the way on the other side of town. I am not even close to being where you are. I have two more errands to run before I even think about getting in the proximity of where you are. This is my favorite one, though. Maybe some of you have sent this one. The text, on my way. On my, have you ever sent the text, on my way? On my way does not mean on my way. On my way means I have not even left the house yet. When you send that text, you are nowhere close to being on your way. Can you just raise your hand if I'm speaking the truth today? Well, I want to use this passage where Jesus says, hey, when you pray, pray God's kingdom come. I want to use this passage in Matthew chapter 6 to speak to you from this subject on my way. On my way. Because when Jesus says, hey, the kingdom is here now, and then in the next breath, he says, pray that your kingdom come. It, it almost feels like he's messing with people. Like, what, what is it you're trying to say, Jesus? Because in one breath, we looked at this last week, Matthew 4, 17. Look at it with me, the words of Jesus. He says, stop your wrong ways, turn back from God. The kingdom of heaven is here. Not it's coming, not it's going to be here one day. He said, it is here now. And yet... The moment he gets into the details, speaking to the Beatitudes, he's like, oh, by the way, pray that it comes. Like, are you just messing with us? Are you just, like, trying to tell us what we want to hear and then it needs to be translated in some ways? No, that's not what he's saying at all. In fact, if you'll allow me, I just want to give you this theological concept. Don't ever let somebody tell you velocity isn't deep. This is a theological concept you've got to grasp. It's called the already, not yet. The already, not yet. Not yet. It's this idea that the kingdom is already here. We're already in the kingdom, but it has not yet fully arrived. We haven't seen its full glory yet. We, we don't see everything that it's going to be. I haven't seen its full expression. We're already taking part of it. It's already arrived, but we do not yet see it all. 
And I want to be clear today because you need to understand that Jesus brought the kingdom. He established the kingdom. When he came, the kingdom came with him. The kingdom is here. Jesus is king. But just like I said last week where he has to be invited, he's not going to perform a hostile takeover. The kingdom of God is the same way, and that's what he's saying. He's saying the kingdom of God is here, but you won't witness it unless you welcome it. The, the kingdom of God is here, but you have to receive it to recognize it. So I'm telling you to pray, kingdom come. Welcome the kingdom into your world. Invite the kingdom on earth. Invite the kingdom into these places. And it starts with this instruction. This is how you should pray. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I used last week to help you understand the kingdom of God because we got to learn it before we can live it. And we got to live it before we can lead it. And I talked to you about how the kingdom of God, easy way to remember it, think about it, through these categories. It's his power, his people, and his place. You guys remember that? Go ahead and say it with me. The kingdom of God is his power, his people, and his place. But today, I want to use this message to talk a little bit about culture. Because this is kingdom culture. So you know what the kingdom is. But let me explain to you what culture is. Because culture... Simple definition is what's normal here. Culture is simply what's normal here. That's, that's how I think about it. You know, when you have families, every family has a culture. You notice this when you get married, right? Any married people? Like, there was one family, they had something that was normal in their family, and you've got something that's normal here, and when you come together, you have to figure out a new normal. Families have cultures. Different places have different cultures. I was in Montana uh, earlier this week with some of our missions partners. Montana, man, it's got a different culture. I went there like, I, I, I got out of the airport. Everybody has a beard, like a beard down to here. It was crazy. Even the women, it was amazing. Like I was just like, everybody, it's a different culture. Everybody's got a beard in Montana. Schools have a different culture. Places of work have different cultures. Our church has a culture, right? Our, our church those culture points, when you walk in the lobby, what I want you to see that's so obvious, I want you to hit it, in, hit, I want it to hit you in the face when you walk in, it's because I want you to know what's normal here. What's normal here is that we exude passion. What, what's normal here is that we love sacrifice. What's normal here is that we embrace risk, that we show honor, that we win together. Those things are normal here. That's what culture is. Culture is what distinguishes us. And the kingdom of God has a culture that's different than the world's culture. That's why we're calling this series Kingdom Culture. Kingdom culture is what distinguishes us from the world. It's kingdom culture. It's what's normal here. And you should just understand kingdom culture is different than church culture. See, I know this because there's a lot of different churches, and churches have lots of different cultures, but there is only one kingdom culture. And sometimes this is what trips people up because they encounter something, they mistake church culture for kingdom culture, and the two are not the same. They see something done at a church or something done by religion, and they think, oh, that must be kingdom culture. It's not. 
Kingdom, if you want to know kingdom culture, you got to look to Jesus. Jesus is the personification of kingdom culture. And so when we want to learn kingdom culture, we look to Jesus and he said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I want to give you three action steps today to help bring kingdom culture into your life. Because when you bring kingdom culture into your life, remember, culture is simply what's normal here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you're saying is what's normal in heaven, I want to be normal in my life. I want to champion the ways of heaven here on earth. God said there is a lot of worshiping going on in heaven. There is a lot of celebrating Jesus going on in heaven. There is a lot of harmony in heaven. Different nations, different backgrounds, different people all brought together under the name of the kingdom. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? I need, I need to know that you're out there with me. So I want to help you pray this prayer in a way that's going to cause you to champion a kingdom culture. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. You can write this down. Pray, God, let your kingdom come on my world. On my world. Jesus said, hey, I want you to pray. God, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. But I want to encourage you not to just pray on earth generally, but on your world specifically. I want you to think about the places and the spaces that you interact with every day. God, let your kingdom come on my world. Let your kingdom come on my business. Let your kingdom come on my classroom. Let your kingdom come on my work, on my family, on my home, on my marriage, on my relationships. God, let your kingdom come on my world. You pray that, that God would give you the opportunity to serve people, that you would see the place where you are as your assignment, as your mission, not just stuck, not just waiting to get to the next thing, but that God has placed you there to, to bring his kingdom, that this would be a place, God, let my, let my home be a place where you're glorified. Let my business be a place where you're glorified. God, I, I pray that you'd be glorified through the, the work that I do. I want this place to point to you. I want my relationships to point to you. I don't just want to focus on the product. I, I want the process to be kingdom. God, let, let your kingdom come on, on my world. As you're thinking about your world, I would say, God, let your kingdom come on my church. I want this to be a kingdom culture church. God, pray, I, I pray that your kingdom would come, that people continue to accept Jesus, that, that the lost become found every week, that the lost become saved every week, that people get freedom from their hurts, from their past, that they get healing from their pain, they, they get hope for the future. God, let, let your kingdom come on my church. God, let, let your kingdom come that, that people would discover your purpose and your plan for their life, that they would be released to it, that they would join in with community, that they would be making an eternal difference in this world, not just living for the now, but that they would be living for heaven, that they would be living 
for eternity. God, let your kingdom come. My world, God, let your kingdom come on my nation. On my, this, we're all talking about our world. Not just the earth generally, but, but God wants you to bring the kingdom to the places and the spaces that you occupy. God, let your kingdom come on my nation. To be a place of both righteousness and justice. That there's that it's a place of peace, that there's promise, that there's potential in the future. God, I pray that our nation, that, that your kingdom would come, that hearts would be turned to you. God, let your kingdom come. Understand God's kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. So that means that we're not looking for his kingdom to come through political means. But at the same time, can I tell you, he told us to pray that his kingdom would come on our world. That, that, that means that, that we should pray for our nation. And can I tell you, going back to the fact that the kingdom of God is the power of God, and the people of God, and the place of God. Man, don't let opinions separate you from the kingdom of God. Don't let opinions separate you from the people of God. Don't let opinions separate you from the people of God. I don't know why. I just got to let you get. Don't let politics separate you from the people of God. Let your kingdom come on my nation, on our nation, God. The, the, the kingdom of God says that whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're male or female, what's saying, regardless of your background or your biology, that we're all baptized by one spirit to form one body. The kingdom of God, that means you see God's family as your family. Don't let something separate you from the kingdom of God. That's what it looks like to have a kingdom culture. God, let your kingdom come on my world. But not just your world. You said when you pray, say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. When I hear will, I think about my actions. My actions. God, let your kingdom come on my actions. That's the second thing I want you to write down. This is where you take inventory of how you respond and how you operate and the things that you do. God, let your kingdom come on my actions. I want to help you with this this morning. Let me just ask a few questions. Do you look for opportunities to worship? Are you living by faith? Are you simply taking steps based off what you can calculate and what you can figure out and what makes sense to you? When you do things for God, are you doing them out of guilt or out of gratitude? I know I should do this. I know I'm supposed to do this. Now I want to do this. God, I get to do this. Are you trying to achieve God's love? Or are you simply just receiving God's love that he sent his son to die on the cross for you because he loves you, not based off what you can do, but based off what Jesus has already done? Do you receive that? I just want to help you with this because regardless of how you might answer some of those questions, the good news is, is that God wants to help you. When Jesus instructed us to pray, God, let your kingdom come, he wasn't putting a burden on you wasn't trying to weigh you down with more rules, restrictions, 
and regulations. No, he's trying to give you wisdom for life. Jesus said, walk with me. My way is easy. I'm trying to show you a better way. And so if you notice that your actions, you say, God, let your kingdom come on my actions, and, and you're just going through this inventory, and you're noticing that, that the way I'm responding is, is not kingdom, culture. I want to encourage you, this isn't something for you to change by your effort. It's something for you to just pray this prayer and let the Holy Spirit help you. Where you say, God, come in. God, I want your help with this. I want your ways to be my ways. I, I, I want your heart to be my heart. I want what's normal in heaven to be normal with me. I want joy in my soul. I want to extend grace and forgiveness where there's been offense. I want love to be my choice, not just something I feel from time to time. I, I want service and honor to be the hallmarks of my relationships. And here's what's powerful. When you pray something like that, just God help me. Let your kingdom come on my actions. God's going to help you. He's going to lead you with his still, small voice. He's going to empower you with strength to respond. He's going to give you his Holy Spirit as your guide. You know, there was this one time I was in Japan, and uh, I don't know if you know much about Japanese culture, but it's a very unique culture, very strong culture. There's a lot of tradition, and for whatever reason, I don't even remember why, but when I was there, I got invited to this tea ceremony. Again, everything in Japan is a lot about tradition and significant ways of doing things. And in this tea ceremony, there are all sorts of rules and processes and certain ways you're supposed to do things. I don't even know how I got there. I went in, and, and when you get there, you're, you're supposed to um, put things down that you don't need, and you put on uh, this certain robe. And you have to do this tea ceremony in this special room. It's got a special door into the special room. And you kind of have to go, like, duck down to get into this door. It's a tiny door. And when you get in, you bow to the host that's there. And you, you sit on this mat and you sit a special way. And one of the first things that they do is that they hand you this certain bowl. And you're supposed to wash your hands with the bowl. And, and then you, you, you wipe your mouth with the cloth that they give you. And, and like 30 different things before you ever get to the tea, this tea ceremony. By the time you get to the tea, you're like supposed to take three sips of this tea and put it back down and hold it a certain way. All of these rules, there are like 60, 70 different steps in this ceremony. And you might think, man, how did you know all that? Did you have to study a long time to do it? No, it was easy. I didn't study at all. I had a guide with me. And all I had to do was follow the guide. And listen to the guy. And when he said sit, I sat. And when he said do this, I did that. It was the easiest thing in the world. But if I was doing it on my own, in my own effort, there's no way I could remember all that stuff. That's the same way the Holy Spirit is going to help you. It's not something that you have to do in your own effort and strive. Say, God, let your kingdom come on my actions. God, let your kingdom come on my world. God, let your kingdom come to my, to my heart. Show me. Help me, guide me, lead me. All these different things. You don't have to stress about it. Know that the Holy Spirit's going to help you. Say, God, I want to see and respond to the situations in my world the same way that you would respond. And that's why I want to give you this last one. 
when we talk about your response because your response is what matters most. Not just how you act, but how you answer. I want to tell you, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. When you pray, say, God, let your kingdom come. I want to tell you to say, God, let your kingdom come on my yes. My yes. The things that you agree to. The things that you prioritize. The, the, the things that you affirm. Sometimes we allow ourselves to say yes to something that isn't kingdom culture. Sometimes we allow ourselves to say yes to things that are not serving God's purpose. And I know like when I say that, I mean, it almost sounds like I'm saying, well, you can't have any hobbies or, you know, it's got to serve God's purpose or don't do it. No, I don't believe that at all. Let me just tell you real quick. First of all, every good and perfect gift comes from God. So if it's good, it's from God. And he gives it to you to enjoy. Rest, fun, play, all of that is spiritual. All of that is God's idea. We see it modeled. Okay, so I'm not saying it's always got to have a kingdom purpose. The truth is some of those things that we enjoy do have kingdom purpose. They refresh your soul. I'm not talking about that. But, but the distinction that I want to make is that sometimes we miss God's kingdom because instead of praying, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're really saying by our yes, my kingdom come, my will be done. We're not trying to build God's kingdom. We're focused on building our kingdom. So when I challenge you to pray, God, let your kingdom come on my yes. What I'm asking you to do is you're saying, God, I want to say yes to the things that you want. I want to join in with building the things that matter to you. I want to join in with what's important. What's important to you, I want to be important to me. What you value, I want to value. I want your yes to be my yes. God, let your kingdom come on my yes, the things that I agree to, the things that I prioritize, the, the, the things that I'm joining in with. Maybe for some of you, maybe you've said no to God for too long. He's given you an opportunity to build the kingdom. He's given you an opportunity to use your gifts. He's given you an opportunity to make a difference. He's given you an opportunity to leave fear behind and step out in faith. He's given you an opportunity. And I'm praying that whatever opportunity God has put in front of you, whatever it is that God is asking of you, that you would say yes. Some of you, I believe that God has been speaking to your heart before you ever even came in here this morning. He's been asking something of you, and I just wonder, will you say yes? God, let your kingdom come on my yes. Maybe, maybe for some of you, your yes is that you're going to share a prayer request, that, that today's the day you don't just try and carry everything on your own carry the stress of it, carry the pressure of it on your own, but you say, yes, God, I'm going to be vulnerable. Yes, God, I'm going to let somebody else know what's happening. Yes, God, I'm going to let the people of God 
pray for me and help me with this. Maybe that's your yes. Maybe for some of you, your, your yes is, I'm going to join a group. I thought groups already started and we're in October. You know what? There is a group for you. Some of them have already started. But there are some groups that you can join right now today, whether you're online or whether you're here, wherever your comfort level is. Maybe the, the question that God is asking you to say yes to is, will you join a group? Will you get in community? It's time to stop doing life alone and open yourself up to what the people of God can do when, when you get in community. Maybe for some of you, it's saying, yes, I'm coming back to church. And I, I know you're here today, but maybe it's, this isn't a one-time thing. Yes, I'm, I'm making a, a new chapter in my life. I'm coming back to church. And even for some of you online, I, I love the fact we're doing ministry online. We believe in online. But can I tell you, online, it's best for people who are separated by distance. It's best for people who have health concerns. It's not just an option for convenience. I'm glad we have it. But I, I want to ask, maybe God is asking you to, to come back in person, to honor him with your presence. Say, I'm going to worship you in the house of God. I'm going to worship you with the people of God. Maybe your yes is that you need to begin to trust God in your finances. That could look like a lot of different things. You've been trying to figure it out. You've just been doing everything you can to work hard. And you're saying, God, I want you to come in. Let your kingdom come on my yes. Yes, I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to believe that you can do more when I honor you with the first 10%, that you can do more when I, when I trust you with everything than just what I can figure out on my own. Maybe your yes is I'm going to invite a friend to church. God, you put that person on my heart, and every time I, I chicken out, yes, I'm going to invite them today. Maybe your yes is I'm, I'm going to share Jesus with somebody. I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to share what, what God has done in my life. Sometimes we miss the kingdom of God because we say no to the opportunities that he's put in front of us.